Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, today I want to continue with the series House of Prayer. Now, let me just kind of give you some context here because Jesus here in the Gospel of Matthew, you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew 21. I'll have it on the screen as well, but you do need your Bible to follow along. Matthew 21, verses 12 through 14. Jesus is really, he's, he's uh, fulfilling his purpose on this earth. The reason why he come was to come and be crucified on the cross. How many of you are thankful that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? We praise the Lord for that. He came, the Bible says, to seek and save the lost. But as Jesus was preparing that last week here before he was to be crucified, there's a few things that happen, and one of the things that happens in his life is he enters into the temple. And just to kind of give you some context here, Jesus enters into this temple, and they, the people of that day, the religious leaders of that day, they had turned the, the temple of God, they had turned it into a, a marketplace instead of a ministry place. And Jesus uh, enters into the temple, and we find in verse 12 here it says, that Jesus entered the temple area and he, and, he, and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the, and the benches of those selling doves. They were taking advantage of people uh, with the sacrifices there. Um, that's why Jesus was so upset. And then Jesus says, it is written, he said to them, that my house will be called a house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer but you're making a den of robbers. And then he said after he, the Bible says that the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. What you see there is marketplace uh, ministry, if you will. They had flipped the whole house from what it should be. And then Jesus reveals to them at the very end what, what the house should be is a house of ministry where people can come and be healed. And if you were to keep reading, it says even the little children came and they began to praise God. So you are to be able to come in God's house and uh, God move and help you and heal you and deliver you and save you. And at the same time, we are to be giving praises to him. And Jesus says, you've, you've flipped the whole place. You've turned it into a, a den of robbers and my house shall be called a house of prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer because Jesus knew the power of prayer. Jesus was a praying, he, he, he had a, a powerful prayer life. I got some homework for you this week. Go through the gospels and, and mark in your Bible every time you see where Jesus prayed, especially in the, in the gospel of Luke. But just let me give you some uh, examples here that the Bible shares with us about the powerful prayer life of Jesus. Many times you will read in the Gospels that, that Jesus went up on a mountain to, by himself to pray. 
Jesus spent the whole night in prayer praying to his father. Jesus went to a secluded place and he prayed. Jesus fell on his face and he prayed. Jesus knelt down and he prayed. Jesus rose up from prayer. Jesus prayed fervently. And while Jesus was praying, the heavens opened. When Jesus prayed, it says that the heavens opened. And I know what you're thinking this morning. Jesus had a powerful prayer life. When he prayed, the heavens opened. Well, that's Jesus. And he is the son of God. So what about us? What about us this morning here on this Sunday morning? Can, can, we, can we have a prayer life? Can we have a powerful prayer life that touches heaven? Well, the answer to that question is yes, we can. We can have a powerful prayer life that touches heaven. There was a man in the Bible. The Bible says he was just like us. He was just like all of us here with limitations and, 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 and problems like we all face. And his prayers that he prayed, they touched heaven. And this man's name was Elijah. His name was Elijah. And in the gospel, excuse me, in the, in the book of James, James tells us something that we need to know today about uh, Elijah that will help us to have prayers that will touch heaven. Elijah, uh, James said, was a human being just like us. He prayed earnestly with intensity. That's what that word earnestly means. There was some intensity to his prayers. You know how sometimes we can go through some intense battles? Well, we need to, ma we need to match those battles with intense prayer. And James uh, tells us that Elijah was a human being just like us, and he prayed earnestly with intensity that it would not rain. It would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. How many of you know he's a praying man if he can pray and it not rain? Again he prayed, again he prayed in verse 18, and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Don't miss that right there. Hang on to that. Elijah was a man uh, just like us who prayed prayers that touched heaven. Can, can, listen, can you pray this morning and can you pray about situations and uh, things that you encounter in your life? Can you pray and touch heaven? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There's nothing extraordinary about Elijah. In fact, he came from a, a, a place really a little that's where he was from. There was nothing special about him. Tishbe was a place uh, about like Calypso, not much of nothing going on. The only thing special about Elijah, don't miss this, was his name. This is what Elijah's name meant. That the, the, his name means the Lord is my God. The Lord is my God. Uh, Elijah, he grew up in a culture that was taken over by evil. In Elijah's day, there were leadership uh, over the nation of Israel. You will read in your Bible about kings and kings that, that, that did evil in the sight of the Lord. L listen to me. It was a bad time for the nation of Israel, but things got even worse for this nation because there was a wicked king named King Ahab and his wife Jezebel who came on the scene. And King Ahab and King, I mean, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, they took evil to another level. How many of you know this morning that leadership matters? Leadership matters. And these leaders, these wicked leaders, they took the evil to another level. God's word says that King Ahab, 
Don't miss this. He did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him. There were some wicked leaders above before King Ahab, but when him and Jezebel showed up, they did more to anger the Lord than any other kings. You know what they did? King Ahab and Jezebel, they, they, they led the people of Israel to, to worship a false god named Baal. They, they turned the people of God away from the one true living God. Baal worship that they led these people into included murdering babies. This worship of Baal included uh, perverted uh, sex acts, homosexuality. It sounds a lot like America today, right? You would almost think there's a a spirit of, of Baal worship going on here in America today. But it was during that time, that evil time, that, that God called Elijah to be his messenger of judgment. He came to King Ahab and told him, I'm praying that there's gonna be no rain. There's gonna be a drought. That was part of the judgment of God. And, and, he, and God called Elijah to be this messenger and to call the people back to the Lord. And God used Elijah in a mighty way. And the, and the only reason God used Elijah in a mighty way is because Elijah was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. How many of you know that we need to be people of prayer? We need to be people of prayer. We we need to be a, 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 a house of prayer. We need to be devoted to prayer because there's power in prayer. And when we pray, then God can use us. So I want to just take just a few minutes and share from Elijah's life how our power, how our prayers can touch heaven. I want you to notice with me in 1 Kings 17 that after Elijah confronted King Ahab, the Bible says that after he had the conversation and told him the judgment was coming, he was going to pray there'd be no rain for three and a half years. There was going to be a drought that was part of the judgment. After Elijah confronted King Ahab about a coming drought, God instructed Elijah, listen to this, excuse me, to go hide himself in a brook in the Kareth Ravine. And it was there in the brook, and you can read there in the scripture, but it was there in the brook that God uh, directed ravens. I'm just kind of moving through for the sake of time right now that, 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 that ravens would be directed by God to bring bread and to bring meat to Elijah. He, he, and he provided water for Elijah right there in the brook. Don't miss this now because I want us to focus in just a minute on the brook because the brook is a place where Elijah uh, was uh, talking to God. The brook is where God provided for Elijah. The, the, the brook is the place that God protected Elijah. It was a place Elijah uh, could connect with God. It was a, uh, the brook was a place Elijah could hear the voice of God for his life. And the Bible says, if you were to keep reading, that Elijah obeyed the Lord and he went to the brook. You know why he went to the brook? Because Elijah's number one priority for his life was to make sure that he stayed connected to God. I'm living in a wicked culture, an evil culture. Uh, Listen, uh, my life is in danger. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but the number one priority for my life is not to be consumed with everything that's going on around me in this wicked world. My number one priority is to get to a place where I can stay connected to God. Come on, that's what God wants for us. So the brook, the brook is a place where where you can daily connect to God his presence, his, his power, uh, his promises, uh, and also his purpose for your life. That's what...
The brook is a place where you can connect with God's presence, his power, his promises, and his purpose. And listen to me. We're talking about being a house of prayer. We all need a brook in our life, a place, a prayer place, where we can connect with God and seek his face. Every one of us need it in here. I said everybody. The brook, you know why you need the brook in your life, the place where you can connect with God? Because the brook is a place where you can learn to trust God. The brook is a place where you can discover God's goodness and God's faithfulness like Elijah did. The brook is a place where you can discover God's power. The brook is a place where you can discover God's purpose for your life. I'll tell you what else the brook is. It's a place of seclusion, a place where there's no distractions. The brook is a place where you get to and guess what? There's no cell phones. There's no computers. There's no emails. There's no Facebook. There's no uh, Instagram. There's no chat snap. You know what I'm talking about. There's no TV. There's no screaming kids. There's no to-do list for you to stare at. The brook is a place that you get to where uh, the, the noise from the world, all the voices from the world are kind of being removed and you can spend time connecting with God. I believe one of the greatest weapons that the devil will use in our life is distractions. He'll, he'll try to leave the church folks and try to distract us. The devil will try to, he'll try to kill your prayer life with distractions. How many of you know that to be true? He'll try to kill your prayer life with distractions. He'll, he'll try to attempt to fill your life with things that keep you distracted so you will not connect to God. He loves it when we get so busy. He loves it when we get so full of things that are distracting us because when we get so busy, so distracted, what happens is we neglect the brook, we listen to all the other voices, and we miss the voice of God for our own life. And I'm here to tell you today, church, we got to make a decision today. This new season that we're going into right now, this house of prayer, people of prayer, listen, we got to make up our mind that we're not going to let the devil distract us. We're not going to let him pull us away from the brook. The brook is going to be a priority in my life. I want to be somewhere where I can connect to the presence of God, the power of God, the promises of God, and to the purpose of God. I rebuke the devil right now. I'm going to make a way to be in that brook. Nothing's going to distract me. Nothing's going to pull me away. I want to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. That needs to be your prayer. That needs to be your prayer. God, help us. I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed. I'm going to read my word more than I've ever read it before because being connected to the Lord is the most important thing. That's the priority. God, help us. A place of no distraction so you can hear the voice of God. Elijah went into the brook so there would be no distractions. He could hear the voice of God for the next step in his life. Reminded me a lot of uh, when we try to use our GPS. If anybody familiar with using GPS, raise your hand. Amen. You know what I'm talking about, right? GPS. We don't use the maps no more. We just log in and we tap into the GPS on our phones. And, and the GPS, we pull it up. If we're going on a trip somewhere, we pull up the GPS and it gives us step-by-step uh, directions and instructions on how to get to the destination that we're headed to. Can I confess with you this morning that I have this bad habit when it comes to GPS? I have a bad habit of not stopping 
and connecting to the GPS before I get on the road to drive off to my destination. I'll take off on a trip in a minute and then get going and figure out I don't know where I'm going and I try to get the GPS up and I can't connect to the GPS and I get all turned around. Now my wife will be here in the second service and she would probably stand up and shout amen because when we go on a trip, if we're going somewhere that we're not familiar with or to some place we've never been before, I'll take off in a minute like I know where I'm going and go and then I'll ask her, where are we going? And then I'll say, what does the GPS say? And here's her reply, if you would just sit still and stop and let me connect to the GPS, I can tell you which way to go. My problem is, is I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't help if I drive faster than the GPS can calculate. But you know what? When I thought about that, because that happens a lot with us, that's a lot how our prayer life is. We can't be still. We can't wait to hear the directions for the next step. And what happens is, is that we fail to connect to God and, and then we end up getting ahead of Him and then we wonder where how to connect back to him and by that time we've already went down some roads that we didn't need to go down we're trying to reroute ourselves to get back on the track that we should have been on to begin with but because we failed to be still and wait on the Lord we miss what God was saying and I believe a lot of us have traveled down some roads that we didn't necessarily need to travel down we got lost in some places rerouted to some places had to go through some things we didn't need to go through them if we would have just waited and, and had been still to connect with God to hear his voice and God would have gave us the right way I know I have you don't have to say anything I know you're holier than I am I'm just letting you know that, that's been the case for me but the Bible says this be still and know I'm God we, we need to learn we need to have a, a, a brook a, a place of prayer where we can be still and that we can hear the voice of God for the next step in our life listen to me the brook is a place of prayer where you can hear the voice of God for the next step in, uh, on your journey with him listen to me please before you make the next decision you need to get to the brook but before you say yes to marriage, get to the brook and connect with God. Before you have surgery, you need to get to the brook. Before you make that purchase, you need to get to the brook. Before you take that job, you need to get to the brook. Before you have that hard conversation with that individual, you need to get to the brook. When you're battling the enemy and you need victory in your life, you need to get to the brook. When you feel weak and weary in your life and you don't know how you're going to keep going, you need to hurry up and get to the brook because it's there at the brook where you can connect to God. It's where, where God will refresh you and, and recharge you so you can carry out the purpose that he has for your life. Listen to me. Getting to the brook has to be the number one priority if we're going to be people of prayer. Hallelujah. If your prayers are going to touch heaven, you've got to have a place where you can connect with God. And you're going to make a big mistake if you think you can have a powerful prayer life and not have a place of prayer, a brook in your life where you can connect with him. I want you to notice something else here, and I'm moving as quick as I can. You want to turn that clock around, it'll be all right with me. I'm just kidding. 
I want you to notice this. It was in the brook that God was preparing to move Elijah, Elijah to ministry and to conquer a mountain. It was in the brook that God was preparing Elijah to carry out ministry and to conquer a mountain. And this is how the Lord showed it to me right here. And I just want you to, this is really to me the purpose of prayer. Prayer is really about God moving us instead of us moving him. Prayer is about God moving us instead of us moving him. Let me explain to you. In 1 Kings, the next chapter, 18, the Bible says that God, he moved Elijah out of the brook. Listen, you can pray all day long, but sooner or later, you gotta come out of there. It'd be nice to stay in the brook all day, every day, every moment of the day, but sooner or later, you gotta come out of the brook and you gotta move toward God's purpose. And God moved Elijah out of the brook and moved him toward a mountain. And that mountain was Mount Carmel where he would battle against, you know the story, 450 prophets of Baal. You see, the brook is, is a place that God uses to get you ready for the mountains in your life. And Elijah spent time in the brook connecting with God, but he had to be willing to come out and leave that and move toward the mountain. And none of us like going toward mountains. And he had to go toward a mountain. And what that tells me is sooner or later, you gotta put legs to your prayers. You gotta put legs to your prayers. You gotta have faith. Uh, you, you, got, you have to put faith to your prayers and, and go confront the mountains in your life. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Is he talking, what mountains? Is, he's talking about the obstacles that you're gonna face in your life that you can come out of the brook and I'll have prepared you and you can walk out in faith and no matter what mountain's in front of you, you'll be able to go and you'll be able to conquer like Elijah. So what mountains are in your life? It could be a mountain today of, of sickness. It could be family problems, marriage problems, uh, work problems, financial problems. It could be something going on that you're struggling with at school. It could be addictions. It could be fear. It could be bitterness. It could be uh, brokenness. Listen, we all have mountains in our life. If you tell me today you're not looking at a mountain in your life, I'd say come to the altar and pray. We all have mountains in our life that we face every day. And what we have to do is we have to trust God. Trust God to make a way and be willing to step out of that place and, and believe God that he's gonna meet our needs. Prayer, listen to me, prayer is about God moving you instead of you moving him. We pray a lot, God, I need you to move. Yeah, we need him to move, but God might be saying, I need you to move. I need you to move. I need you to trust me. I need you to step out in faith. Elijah, he moved by faith and he went toward the mountain. You remember the story. I mean, think about the mountain Elijah faced. Elijah was on the mountain and it was, listen, this is amazing. If you read it, it's one godly man versus 450 false prophets and the nation of Israel, all the people. One man taking a stand on a mountain facing the enemy, facing the false prophets. And there he was, and you remember the deal. There was a contest there. Elijah said, listen, you call on Baal, I'll call on my Lord. Whoever sends fire from the heavens and consumes these sacrifices will, will declare that's the one true living God. And the prophets of Baal, they cried out, they screamed, they yelled all day long, and they get no response. And then they keep going, and then they begin to cut themselves in some kind of crazy act of worship. And they're calling on Baal, but still no response. You know why? Because Baal's not real. 
Baal's not real. And you can almost read the passage and you can see Elijah just kind of move on over. And the Bible says that Elijah went up on that mountain and he repaired that old broken altar of the Lord. There's just something about prayer and an altar that moves God. And I'll tell you right now, Elijah began to call on the Lord. He began to pray on that mountain. And while he was praying on that mountain, the Bible says the fire of the Lord fell. It fell on that sacrifice. And listen, it burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the rocks. It licked up the water around. The fire of God consumed it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Elijah prayed and God began to move. And that just tells me, listen, I got good news for you. You can be in the brook and you can be on the mountain and God still come to you. He'll come to you in the brook. He'll come to you on the mountain. Listen, heaven will open no matter where you are. You could be at the lowest place today and if you'll call on the Lord, he'll come to you. He'll help you. You can be on cloud nine today, whatever. If you call on the Lord, he will help you. No matter where you are, you can touch heaven. And you can believe God to move that mountain. You can believe God for victory. You can believe the hand of God to be at work. You can believe God's going to show up. He's going to guide you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to help you. He's going to make a way. He is going to make a way for you. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, that will give people the hope they need today. Lord, help me. I want you to see this before we pray. Elijah connected with God in prayer and then he moved in faith and when he did that the supernatural happened I just read it to you in verse 38 the Bible says that the, that the heavens opened and the Lord's fire fell and consumed everything on the altar but don't miss this God, God was working but God was about to do something more how many of you know that just because God did something in, he can, he can go above and beyond what he's done before God, God was working he was working and the Bible says that the heavens opened and God's fire fell but just a little bit later if you read in verse 45 not only did the fire fall but the rain fell I thought about it this morning that, that metal roof we have at our house that rain was hitting it Man, how God sent the fire and now he was sending the rain. He was sending the rain. The rain came. You remember what, remember what I read to you in James? He says, for three and a half years, I'm gonna pray there'll be no rain. And then he prayed again and the rain came. And it says that, he, that the land produced crops. And now the rain has come causing the land to produce fruit again to produce crops again do you know what that word where that mountain he was at I mean can you imagine looking at this mountain Mount Carmel but the actual name of that mountain means it means garden it means a place of plenty it means a, it means a fruitful place that, that place that place changed from being a, a dry and desolate place to a fruitful place now I don't know about you but when I, when I think about that it just encourages me it encourages me because, listen, you, you may be facing a mountain today. You may have walked in here today, and, and all you can see is the mountain and, and the enemy, and the enemy has distracted you, and you feel like nothing but the enemy is dominating, and the place that you're at right now spiritually, you just feel like dry and desolate. I, I want to give you some good news this morning. Listen to me. You can pray with faith, and you can touch heaven, and God can transform that place you're in right now. You can pray by faith 
and you can touch heaven and God can transform that he can transform you more than anything and he can transform the place you're in he can change the circumstances that that place that looks dry for you and desolate for you it might be your family I don't know what it might be it might be your marriage it might be just you on the inside spiritually you're feeling dry and desolate unfruitful God can turn it all around he can make you fruitful again he can make you fruitful again and I want you to see this the, the, the heavens opened and, and fire fell and rain fell but let me tell you what else opened the Bible says that the hearts of the people opened and when they saw that fire come down and consume that altar that sacrifice guess what they began to shout the Lord is my God the Lord is my God do you remember what Elijah's name means the Lord is my God. Yahweh is my God. Jehovah is my God. They began to shout, the Lord is my God. And revival came. A spiritual awakening came. And the people turned their, uh, they turned their hearts back to the Lord. How many of you know we want to pray for that? How many of you got some people you're praying for that God would just open their hearts and they would, they would come to the Lord? Come on, come on. You're praying for people like that, right? Are you okay that I'm just all right going to heaven and everybody else around me can go to hell? No, we're praying that hearts would be opened, revival would come, people would be saved, transformation would come, people that have been uh, dry and desolate, that, that God would begin to transform them and work in their life, and they'll live a fruitful life for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Listen, I want our church to be a, a house of prayer. I want our people here, I want everybody here to, to have a place called the brook where you can get to and you can connect with the presence of God and the, and the power of God and the promises of God and the purpose of God. I want every one of us. That's my desire. I know it's the heart of God that we would be a house of prayer, a people of prayer, that we would seek his face. And when we do, that we would see uh, the heavens open and we would see God move and he would come to us and he would work and revival would come. Hallelujah. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. How many of you here this morning... You, you want to go to another level in your prayer life. Come on, you would admit right now. Come on, raise your hand. I, I need to go to another level in my prayer life. I want to be able to pray and my prayers touch heaven. If you have a desire right now for your prayer life to go to another level, I want you to step out and come forward right now. Come on, come on. If you raised your hand. I want, to, I want to find a place where I can connect to the power of God, the presence of God. I want more of God. Come on. I want to be, a, I want to be a, a, a powerful prayer warrior for the Lord. I want to touch heaven with my prayers. I want hearts to open up in my family so they can be saved and set free. Come on. Come on, if that's you, come on, I want to pray. I want to, be a, I want to pray powerful prayers. I want to pray powerful prayers. I want to pray more. I want to pray more. I want this to be a house of prayer. I want your house to be a house of prayer. Come on, I want everybody in here, whether you're at the altar or wherever you are, we just lift your hands up to the Lord right now. Come on, and let's make that your prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray over this church family here, God, Lord, that you would anoint us, God, to be a house of prayer. God, that we would be a people of prayer. God, that you would anoint us, God, and give us a desire, Lord, to seek your face. 
We rebuke every distraction the devil would try to throw at us. We refuse to allow him to kill our prayer life. God, I pray right now, stir us, God. Revive us, oh God. Open our hearts, God. But more than anything, God, open the heavens and come to your people right now, God. Work, God. Lord, do it, God. We're believing as we pray, God. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Come on, pray. Pray. Lord, fill me. Make me a prayer warrior. Help me to pray more, Lord. Give me a hunger for prayer. God, connect with you, God. Come on, I want to connect with you, God. I want to connect with you, God. Connect with your presence and your power, your promises, your purpose for my life. Help me not to get ahead of you, Lord. Help me to be still and to know that you're God. Help me to be still and know that you're God. God, I pray I'll not get ahead of you, Lord. I want to walk with you, God, hand in hand. Lord, have your way. Lord, Holy Holy Spirit, feel your people right now. Feel your people right now, God. Lord, do it, God. Do it, God. Come on, church. Make that your prayer right now. I want to pray more, Lord. I want more of you, God. Lord, help me to find that place called the brook, Lord.